0: Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynne and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions the North,
1: South, East, and West to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty,
0: healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing.
1: I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information.
0: Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies.
1: And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is.
0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing for Healers with Abby and Regina.
1: Hello, welcome to this podcast.
0: Our recording this at the beginning of a new year, and um, this subject popped into my mind of divination. And it's normally around the ending of something and the beginning of another that I would go and do some divination myself. And I thought it might be fun and interesting to... To have a chat with Regina, we could both talk about what divination is and isn't. And Regina tells me she taught a workshop on divination, so I'm just <laughs> going to sit back and let her take it from here. <laughs> uh, not exactly. No,
1: what I was saying was, I had the very first workshop I ever taught was tools of divination, and it was uh, it was an odd one for me to teach, but. What happened was it was part of a festival for the Callioc, uh the Equinox Festival in Lough Crew, and I was invited to do a workshop. So it was great to tune in to see what would be relevant. And uh, that's what came through Loud and Clear from the Caglioc. She wanted tools of divination.
0: Just to say to the listeners who the Caglioc is, just in case they don't know.
1: Ah, yes. Okay. The Caglioc, it's an Irish name. Um... Others might know her as the hag. She is a very divine, feminine, old, old, wonderful, ancient goddess. Wise. Very wise wise, 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 wise woman. Wise woman.
0: She's very earthy.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Of this um, earth. Yeah. yeah. Not like not like one of these deities that's just flown in for a visit. Kalyak is like she's so connected to Earth. She's got roots growing out of her
1: you know everything else but she'll also kick your ass okay oh yeah
0: yeah totally. tough old lady exactly <laughs> exactly so you asked the after what you're teaching for your first workshop and she said tools of divination yeah and I went bloody hell what, what do I do there <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's tell people what divination is first in case they don't know also well I the way
1: I would describe it, and as I say, this is all just personal viewpoints. It's not any particular school. Or uh, For me, it's, it's giving insight into a particular subject or question. It's an insight. It can sometimes give direction. It can, it can give you information. But that information is very much filtered through your own experience of using the various tools. That's I,
0: was, I see a person on a field with the divining rod looking yeah. for water and using the, the divining rod to, and again, it's, it's like when the rod dips, there's the water. Mm. But is that the person wanting that to be where the water is or is that actually the rod dipping? So that's the ultimate question of divination. Is it me or is it the real yeah. message? And I suppose divination, divining rod, you can use it, it's it's, it's a great way you said it there to get insight into something specific or you can be more general as well exactly and again you see this is um
1: what i did was i did because i was looking at tools and the people i was teaching i had no idea what level like this was just like a two hour once off you know, sample class for the wonderful sample.
0: Introduction to tools of divination. Yes. So
1: therefore, what I did was I brought a variety of tools, you see, and people could play with them and they could work out what they had uh, a connection to, which is the interesting bit because different people are connected to different tools. And what I mean by connected is they find that they can work with them. Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like to use, let's say, a pendulum. Some people know, sort of, at an instinctual level, how to use a pendulum, some know how to use divining rods. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing here because I'm remembering a particular story.
0: <laughs> well, we know stories on our podcast. Oh, you god, share, you have to share it now. <laughs>
1: oh, god, right? Okay, I have to
0: try and okay. I'm in proper order now in your mind to tell and leave, leave out the bits that people don't know can cannot know about. <laughs>
1: okay, right.
0: I was attending a course.
1: Okay, this was actually a leadership course. This was sort of a this was a corporate course.
0: Corporate leadership. of yes. The dividing rod. Tools. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you see, this is where there's
1: aspects of it. So, as part of this course, um, it was it was a brilliant one, but it was about Uh, The people who were on it organized day trips to something that was close to their heart or something they were passionate about and something what they could demonstrate as part of it. So based on the course I was doing, there were you had people from like believe it or not, high-ranking government. Okay. Heads of departments, yes. Exactly. Right down to um, everybody else in between me, people who ran their own businesses, people who were, um, it was a wide range of people. That... So somebody from the course suggested that I run a trip to an ancient site, which I did. Now, the uh, what I did was I decided to open it up to the people of this course, but also their family members so that they could actually get an experience. So, what I did was, I did it some Saturday, invited them to, believe it or not,
0: Fornox. Okay. Right. And they so brought. So, just so people know, Fornox is it's a sacred site in North Dublin. It's not that well known. You have to get a key to open it yeah. up. And um, it's a very, very powerful place.
1: Yeah. It's a tomb, right? But it's actually the largest enclosed. Tomb, but it's sort of it's a bit like a TARDIS So one of the things I did was <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a
0: TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> You range and look at four knocks. They're two Four knocks is, has, is is probably sitting exactly on top of a ley line, and it is so powerful in there. Yeah. You blow your head off, even if you don't know what's hit you. you you'll know your head was just blown off. So anyway.
1: Yeah, so I brought this variety of people, and uh, I brought a variety of tools for them, and the divining rods was one of them. So that's mm. what comes to mind. So I had people who had never, ever, ever encountered anything like this, and I brought drums and singing bowls and all sorts of bits and pieces that people could actually experience. And also, it was about the history of the place and the archaeology of the place. But I had. One person who was the head of a government department standing on top of four Knox with divining rods where I was explaining to them how to use them and how they could find vortexes. And then when they walked, the rods crossed. And at certain points, the rod would just go around 360 degrees. I could see it in my head. Wow. Yeah. So I, this person st- standing on top of this going, wow, this is mad.
0: What brilliant! And you know what comes to my mind immediately after you telling this is that they go back to their office and they pretend it never happened.
1: Yeah, but they (laughs) they have experienced it, and this was where you know that was as I say that was just a day trip. It's an aside; it just came into my mind as we were talking.
0: Yeah. So a politician picks up a divining rod and has an immediate connection to it. So I mean that is directly related to what you were just saying, really and how
1: they could actually experience this for themselves right and they could and the kids were absolutely brilliant with it and in fact what was really funny was the adults were sort of waiting for the kids to be finished so they could have a go and it was you know it was really interesting and that's where it's it's about the experience of it rather than the academic aspect of it it's about what what tunes in whereas let's say with the tools of divination workshop i was doing i brought angel cards tarot cards runes um what's the chinese the i ching i ching yeah yeah uh divining rods there was pendulums there was a wealth of stuff because this is the thing every culture had a form of divination Mm. And this is where, like we had one using trees and there were so many different uh, forms of divination. And like even down to, for some people, there's tea leaves or there's
0: palm Oh, there's coffee grounds and palm reading. My, my, my family, my grandfather used to do palm reading. Yeah. And he wasn't allowed to do that because of, of strict religious rules. And so he did it anyway because he was Irish and that's what we do. We do what we want to do <laughs> What happened was his readings as he progressed and did more and more of them became more and more accurate and really actually scared the living daylights out of him at some point. And he said, I can't do this anymore. And he like, he just stopped because he wouldn't have had any guidance because you're talking about the politician. My my grandfather would have been a businessman Mm -hmm. and he would be very focused on his business. So this would have been something he would have done as a hobby. So I find it, because it's in your blood, it's in your family, you know. So when I, I, I wake up to my abilities, <clears throat> it's, it's funny. I go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this is in my family already. But they just didn't necessarily shout about it. What's interesting, the tools of divination is um, you're mentioning cards. Hmm. And for me, my, my biggest tool of divination has always been the tarot. Right. And before I even knew what it was, I was there. And um, I never forget, excuse me, <laughs> I've been coughing. I've been recording these practitioner courses. And every time I come to something really, you know, my throat clogs up and I look at the camera and I say, this is going to be you and you're doing it. And I'm clearing this for you and I'm clearing. So I'm not apologizing and I'm not pressing stop. I'm continuing to, to, to talk and clear my throat. It's interesting. My auntie took me to London for a, a weekend, I think when I was, in, you know, 16, 17 years old. And she said, you know, because it was a birthday present, sweet 16, all of that. And she said, what would you like me to buy you as a gift while we're away? And I I knew immediately what it was. We went to, because back in those days, years and years ago, when I was 16, we didn't have any shops in Ireland where you could go in and buy such a thing as a tarot card pack. You must be joking, not a chance. So I knew exactly what I wanted. And here we are in London and London has everything that anyone could need. So we went and we, we found tarot cards and I made her buy an, an Alistair Crowley pack for me
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I knew that I couldn't buy them for myself. Someone had to give them to me. This, it's kind of like a rule. And I don't know how I knew that. Mm-hmm. This is where, you know, I don't think you can talk about divination without bringing up the idea of past lives. And maybe in a past life, you knew everything about a specific tool of divination. And that's why suddenly it connects so quickly to you. And you just know things about it that you didn't know you knew. Yeah. So she buys me the cards, and I put my hand around them and hold them, and I won't let them go for ages. I wouldn't open them. I, it's like I warm them up. It's like the sweat from my hand seeps into the box and enrich, you know, enriches the cards or whatever. So she's like, "So are you going to open them? Are you going to do reading for me now?" My aunt. You know, she's the one who told me about my granddad, but she's very much not superstitious and not into this. I think she was just wanting to see what she had bought for me. (laughs) But I'll never forget this because at that stage when I was ready to do a reading for her, we were sitting in the reception of the hotel where we were staying and I had already opened the cards and looked at them all and, and tried to absorb the energy of them without even knowing that's what I was doing. So she said, okay, give me a reading. So I gave her a reading and she got the card of death. And it was an Alistair Crowley pack. And so death was pretty scary looking. <laughs> and they oh, I don't think it means you're going to die. <laughs> she, said she was really shocked. You know? <laughs> so this is all part of the fun of dealing with cards, you know, because you can get an angel card equivalent of death or you can get different variations of tarot cards, the death card. But knowing the meaning behind the card and then the softness of the flavor of the artwork and it just is a totally different experience with a lighter tarot card pack as opposed to like a, a harsh one. It depends really on what you're drawn to. I suppose it's the same like with, with, with the divining rods or with the pendulums. There's so many different kinds of the same thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Like even
0: with the pendulum, you can uh, you can use a variety of different
1: crystals on the bottom of the pendulum.
0: You, know, like you the- know I want to learn rune stones this year. Tell me about the different kind of rune because you've been doing runes for ages and I haven't really connected with a set myself.
1: Oh, well, I can tell you where I encountered runes for the first time and I didn't know what they were. I just knew that I knew them. Was, this is I- what
0: I'm talking about. Yeah. I was in Sweden
1: and I was on a beautiful ancient site called Rastrasse And I saw this fascinating stone with all these carvings on it. And I'm looking at it now. Bear in mind, I've traveled and I've seen (laughs) writing from so many different cultures, hieroglyphics. Uh, But these markings was, oh, my God. It was like, wow, I I met you again. And I had no idea what they were. I just knew that I knew them, but I couldn't quite explain it to them. So um, my friend there who was there came up and we were talking and she she explained uh, that it was the runic language. Mm. So for me, I was fascinated, but I left it because I knew the timing wasn't right for me to get runes. And I suppose this is, this is it about runes you have to go with your instincts and i very much would go with my instincts on it so i had used many other forms of divination and i had seen many types of runes but i was told no i had to wait for a particular time so,
0: so what's being told just to say is a real deep sense inside of a no yeah very clearly and Eventually,
1: when I was told to get them.
0: (laughs) What does that feel like to you being told to get them? I. Is it like a magnetic pull towards the runes? No, 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 it wasn't. It was as the
1: result of a journey it came up that I was doing from the shamanic side. That, yeah, um, I was to get the runes, but I was extremely specific. Uh, They were to come from a specific tree. And not only were they to come from a specific tree, the tree was not to be harmed, that this wood had to be fallen wood, not wood that uh, a tree was damaged to get in the process. Yes. And it had to be from uh, Ireland. It had to be growing here. So uh, it took me a while. And luckily, uh, my paths crossed with somebody who was.
0: Listen, you know me, you don't believe in luck. Okay, <laughs> this was all set up for you. It's just the totally. patient waiting for the things to happen.
1: Yeah, and that was it. And then when um, I said it to this person that this is what I was looking for. And the interesting thing, there was quite a wait because this person had to wait until the right wood came along. And that happens regularly. Um, and they were worth waiting for. So it took her maybe about six months before the runes were ready for me and when I got them I knew then they were mine and it was interesting I got two sets and one was a teaching set for me and once I had learned what I needed to learn there believe it or not one or two of those runes disappeared Eh, so that set then (laughs) you know I don't know how the hell they disappeared. One well,
0: you know, it's 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 the same with crystals. It's, it's the same, you know. The, the, it's not time for now, or they have to be somewhere else. Mm. But and I, think I if if,
1: if, And then I did a couple of courses with uh, different people, and um, I realized that there were so many different schools of thought. That uh, and some of the teachers I didn't connect to, and some mm. of them I did. And that was where I realized that some people had an amazing depth of knowledge of it. And in fact, there's somebody who springs to mind that we could invite on to another podcast who she could talk in amazing depth on them.
0: All right. Well, don't forget her name. We'll definitely And
1: when I started to work with the runes, I was told very clearly that this was personal. They weren't meant to be used for others. And this was uh, a tool that I had used in a previous lifetime. And it is something I use on a daily basis, but I don't do readings for other people and I've honoured that. Whereas, okay, you know, I might look into something else. But with the runes, the runes for me is a very, very personal uh, divination tool. And it has evolved and changed over the years. I suppose it's like... It's
0: funny when you're saying that your face has changed. As well. So you have an intimate relationship with your runes. Oh yeah, I do. Which is honor, you know, you honor and respect, respect that. And I think for people listening who might not have done work with divination, the reason why I wanted Regina to explain what the no felt like and what the yes felt like is because this is what you get when you work in divination and you have to be able to separate yourself From a no, because you might really want something, you know, and the no can come up and you could ignore it, or you might really not want something. And then you amplify the no and you can't tell the difference between is it a no or is it me? And for you to be able to just get yeses and nos on a regular basis and know what a no it feels like and know what a yes feels like for you, because like for Regina, it feels like something for me, it feels like something else. And I also find, I don't know if this is true for you, Regina, but say when I was beginning. And getting a no, it had to be a no, a really big no, or I wouldn't hear it. And now it's just like a very subtle no. And I go, okay, that's a no. You know, whereas before, my nose would have to be like 10 times the size before I would pay them attention. So it's yeah, a trust it's relationship between you and your gut. And the more you respect and listen to your gut, the less it has to shout. Let's yeah, put it that way. It was
1: also, like i will be very upfront and say, uh, when I started, the first thing I got... And I did buy them myself was actually a set of angel cards because it was like, as if these are safe. These are simple. These are nice and light and fluffy. So I can't do any harm because I was I was scared of what was out there. I'll be honest with you. So well, it can be scary. So when you can always-
0: imagine me at 17 with my aunt's shocked face and I've just got the death card yeah. my very first time doing a reading for somebody.
1: Excuse me, just enjoying a cup of coffee there. Yeah, um,
0: but I mean, <clears throat> but I, the thing about the tarot for me was like you with, with the runes, meeting them for the first time, I'm re- feeling like you've met, you, like you knew them, like they were old friends. Yeah. It's not as straightforward with the tarot in that the version that you get and the artist and the artistry could be brand new, but the energy of specific cards is the same energy. And so finding you, know, so well, we all feel energy in different ways. So I'm um, maybe I'm making it more complicated than than needs to be, but the way the system is set with the major arcana, the minor arcana, the suite, you know, the, the the different suits, and the energy of those, I mean, I just I just knew knew what they were, I knew how to respect them. And then I needed to connect in with them. And it's very interesting because I used that particular set. I have to get this in here. The set of tarot cards that my aunt bought me, my very first pack, I used it to predict my state examinations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when I look back on it now, how many years ago was that? I don't know, like 30 years ago. (laughs) I don't know. I look at the cards that I used then and I say to myself, how the heck did I predict exams with these cards so here's a piece that's really interesting about divination is you have the tool in front of you you have your runestone you have your card but it unlocks a door to a deeper knowing that goes beyond the tool itself and you know and it's not just a yes or a no there's a more and then when you look at the actual tool like how did I get all of that information just from this because it's almost as if a layer of energy coats the tools that you're using and you get the information from that. And then, so it's important to be cleansing and clearing your tools, honoring them that way. And just to also add, I have a friend who always wondered, well, why do you keep going to the cards? Why can't you just be in stillness and then visualize which, you know, and open up a space in your mind and ask what card do I need? And then the card will show up. And that's the way that you carry the tarot inside of you. And I thought, oh, that's, and sometimes it works it's funny it's good well that's true because there is
1: a there are other forms that i would practice which would be like a form of divination uh based on the signs of nature and there are times when i'm looking for specific places i read the signs from nature and follow like birds coming in in front of my car leading me on different routes I and...
0: see, bringing you up the mountain
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that too but one of the things i want to say is Years ago, I used to do readings for people, right? I don't do that anymore. I want to make that clear because I, the work I do is um, much deeper. However, at the time, that's what people needed. And I still have about in excess of 20 decks of cards, right? Mm. The reason being, many people... Would only take the messages based on what the cards were. So there are some people who were only interested in nice, light, and fluffy angel cards. Some would, you know, be interested in the gods, goddesses, the archangels, everything down to signs from nature. Sometimes, would you get the
0: person to take the pack? Yes, because
1: mm-hmm. that way they were able <clears throat> to accept the messages and the imagery. Uh, from the pack, some of them, actually, there was one deck, there was a couple of decks I had, like on crystal skulls, on uh, actual crystals, you know, stones, rocks, on uh, like a huge variety, like an amazing huge variety of subject areas. Because what I found was people had an affinity. The message was the same, but the different deck allowed that person to hear that message and put them in control which is actually quite interesting because
0: it's very interesting because I find myself if I go through a change or transformation it's not that I run out and buy myself another pack of tarot it's that the one that I resonate with is a different one yeah but I never do readings for anybody it's not something that I offer because as a psychotherapist it never fit into the remit yeah. Of what I was doing, the personal work. So, just again, to be clear, if people are going to email yeah. us in, not ask for the reading, <laughs> no, that ain't going to happen. because <laughs> That's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how we're it's both. Not that, that
0: we can't to. do it, but we just, we're, we're just not going to. So, you know. exactly.
1: Boundaries. <laughs> but that was interesting where people could resonate with different imagery and it helped them to um, take the messages on board. Mm -hmm. And that was at a time where, you know, this is 10, 15 years ago, I might add, right? But it was something that people helped identify with uh, because it it was like a control issue, that they had control of the way the information was coming. It was all coming from the same source. It was just, with all due respects, it was like marketing and branding.
0: (laughs) Oh, Absolutely. (laughs) We might just change the direction a little bit because it's really important in a discussion about things like this, divination tools of of divination to talk about keeping the power with you Mm -hmm. and your power and not sliding into the tools of divination, whatever is your thing and giving it your power and then being basically disempowered and not able to make any decision without checking your tools oh, yeah. because that happened to me for a while where I couldn't decide what I was doing or where I was going I was going back to the cards back to the cards back to the cards and it can happen it does happen and I think as well for you to realize the cards are a tool what does the tool do well you are the tradesperson. you're the master you pick your tools for the job and they come in they do a job and they leave and they don't have power over you you know, whereas if you're putting your power in too much to your cards or your pendulum, then you, 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 have, you've, you, you, you lose your center, you get out of balance, and then you're at the beck and call of whatever energies are around you rather than you. Making That's decisions. brilliant.
1: That is absolutely brilliant because we all know people who have handed over their, well, I don't mean we all know, but we've all met people who've handed their power over. And this is a question. Uh, on a couple of occasions, I've had to ask people. They say, "Oh well, like the cards tell me. The cards tell me. The cards tell me." And I said, "Well, okay, but who's in charge of the cards?"
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Or they um, need you
0: to because you know, even you know, setting those clear boundaries there. I can't make a decision until I contact Regina and get a reading. I need a oh, reading. Need a reading. And oh, so you oh, It's like a gambling addiction. Yeah. And it ain't going there. It is, it, there is an addiction and I've actually had clients who've come to me because they've been spending money on the psychic lines and wanting readings every five seconds for everything they're doing. And there comes a point in time where you have to claim sovereignty over your, yourself, yes. which basically says, I'm claiming my space in the world. I'm claiming my free will to make decisions myself, whatever the consequences are, I'm taking full responsibility for my life and I'm using you know, the cards yeah. If I want to, to get a bit of insight into something that I'm not sure of. But the real power is feeling the yes and the no from within. Yes. And then asking yourself, was that a yes? I'm not sure. I'll ask the cards. Mm -hmm. Was that a no? I'm not sure. I'll go to the rune stones. Instead of saying, well, what's even the question? I don't even know. And you go and say, what should I be doing with my life? And you look at the cards and just as you're saying there about the different qualities, the different textures, the different you know what jumps out of the card at you first, you can see the same card 10 times and see different things in the card every time you're actually projecting yourself into the card and you might only be seeing what you're carrying and you're not seeing what's the message so there's a lot of factors here. It could be a very tricky subject.
1: I remember somebody explaining this to me at one stage now this is, this is about 15, 20 years ago that um, there are a lot of people who constantly ask the same question of the cards right hoping that they it won't they, take no for an answer exactly that they won't necessarily <laughs> accept the, the answer it's a bit like uh, somebody described it as giving an order in a restaurant you know you give the order you, you're asked what you want you state what you want you and then you leave it you don't keep going to the kitchen all the time is it ready is it ready is it ready? Is it ready is it ready does it have this does it have that is it blah. blah, 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 blah. you accept what you've ordered you've made the decision and mm. I have seen that so many with people so many times with people they keep going back looking for a different answer they don't accept the answer they've been given because it's well, not the one that they think they want
0: you got a, a, a very clear message they need to be from a specific tree need to be from a specific country. And if you keep testing that because you're waiting for six months, there's lots of time, lots of wiggle room for six months for you to be checking and asking and asking and checking and is this right and is this right? It's just nobody, it's, you have to learn how to not be attached.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And to, to trust, I suppose that's it, is the inner trust to know, yeah, this is the right thing. This feels right. And that in time, the right person will show up with access. To. Exactly.
0: And to have that faith and have that trust. And then to know the thing about the tarot cards, the major arcana are big, major cards, major energies that are moving maybe for, could be a year, could be two years, whereas the minor could be just today or just in the next hour. So how seriously do you take the answer? I'll give you an example. I, I did a reading for myself the other night. And I'm like, because I was tired. And I said, I have a difficult day. So what's tomorrow going to be like for me? So just think about tomorrow for a minute, no matter what day it is. Tomorrow, you've got a morning, an afternoon, an evening, and a night. You've got 24 hours in the day. Every hour is different. What's tomorrow going to be like is a huge question if you want intense detail about you know, so I got a card and it said, your heart's going to be fluttering and lots of love is coming into your life. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand this. You know, I'm not looking for new love. I'm not this and not that and the other. So I just let it go. And then the, the following day, anyway, something about the dog. And he did something really cute. And I'm like, oh, isn't he so cute? And he's wagging his tail. He's looking at me with his big eyes. And I go, yeah, I'm not angry at you anymore, Milo. I love (laughs) you. I love you. And he's loving me. And I'm loving him. And I'm going, oh, yeah, love's entering my life now. And it was the dog, (laughs) you know. So how do you interpret the messages? How seriously you're going to take them? You know, all of this is also to be taken under consideration. I know. But you see, (laughs) it's so funny that, uh, there are
1: many a time that the messages have indicated like the room reading I would always do room reading every okay and that would that would give me an indicator of what energies and challenges are coming my way right an example being uh, one of the things I got uh, as part of uh, the reading this morning it was it was an interesting one but it at the end it was gifu which was you know there'd be i'm simplifying it here but there will be abundance and a gift so and, the extra large pizza for dinner then yeah no but <laughs> interestingly the post has been rather Bizarre, uh, uh, sporadic, shall we say? And um, the post came there just before lunch, and in it was a Christmas card that was quite late for obvious reasons. Um, and in this Christmas card was uh, a voucher for a shop as a thank you from somebody who I genuinely had not expected that.
0: Well, that's fabulous. But I mean, yeah. but you can also read abundance as me coming home and finding all the clutter in the house because the kids haven't put away any of their stuff and the kitchen is a mess and everything's out and that's also abundance because abundance isn't necessarily a good kind of abundance well
1: Well, how you (laughs) read well no this is quite specific as in the order in which these rooms came up that uh, and you see this is it it's not looking at it it's a piece of a jigsaw and this is This yes, is exactly. one aspect where the energy was leading to that. OK, there are many times where I'll do the reading and the first car, the first rune out of it is indicating to me that there's going to be a lot of friction during the day. And that is telling me, yeah, do you know what? There will be. But do you know what? It's going to be OK. I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to be able to
0: deal with it. So like, To me, it's like it's a weather forecast. Yeah. So it's going to rain and it's going to be windy. So, you know, well, an umbrella is not going to do it. I'll wear my raincoat.
1: Yeah, and that's it. And again, it's not. It's because I remember having this argument with a very, very dear friend of uh, of mine. He's since passed and you'll remember him, Abby, that uh, he used to argue that, no, you don't do the reading in the morning because that's telling, you know, you're at the beck and call what the energies are. You set the intention the night before and therefore that's the type of day you are going to have because you've set the intention. But um, what I was trying to say is, yeah, you know, we can set the intention that it's going to be a lovely day. But reality sometimes takes a hold. And the reality is there's going to be tensions. And it's how you deal with that. Well,
0: exactly. on a day day. You know, if, if everybody could set the intention that today's going to be a great day or tomorrow's going to be an amazing day, then where, where's the learning? Exactly. So for me, it makes me aware
1: of what I have to, you know, look out for. It doesn't mean that I look at something in my heart and think, "Oh, Jesus, it's going to be a brutal day." It's not that at all. It's basically what are the, as you say, what's the weather forecast for the day? And,
0: and I there are think as well. I mean, because you're really good at this, and you probably don't even know that you're good at this. But the questions that you're asking to get the answers have to be appropriate. Oh, yes. It's the, know, word so, so it's the way you word it. It's the way you word it. It's what you're housing, what you're containing in the question. And I think there's an art to making good questions that everybody should learn. Anyone who's on a spiritual quest needs to know how to re- make a good question. Because from one question, you get the answer comes another question. But if you don't have a question, you'll never get the answer. So to be able to formulate a really good question is important around, well, sticking to divination so that you get something that's actually answerable by the tool that you are working with. So if you're going to say, like, what's the day going to be like tomorrow? And then you take out your pendulum and it says yes and no. I mean, that's not going to be a good answer. <laughs> you see, that's where,
1: let's say, with a pendulum, people use charts. So you can actually... Purchase a set of charts which will help you. But again, you're right. It's about working with what the question is and what the tool can be. Like, uh, yeah. if you're yeah. looking for specific, <laughs> okay, another example was this is a funny one. Um, oh, a few years ago, I had two visitors, two uh, druids who were, who'd come over from the UK. And um, they were great for using. Uh, divining rods and I don't tend to use them I can use them but I don't need to use them is probably the best way and this was actually quite funny because the four of us we were up on the side of a mountain and uh, these lads had a great blog in uh, the UK and they used to visit all these sacred sites and they would talk about what they found and um, interestingly uh cal was joking and um because we were walking up this path he said i said no over there there's something over there we need to go to he said no no no. we start up there and because there were the visitors that was fine but it was interesting any of the sites we went to i divined just by using myself and my feel where i should be
0: interior navigation system. yes
1: And it was so funny because when he would go trying to look for the specific point that he was looking for, I always happened to
0: be standing in it. (laughs) You see, that's that's the thing about being in tune. (laughs) When you're in tune already, then isn't it so empowering? But then to have the divination tools to validate that you're in tune exactly and that was it that they they were using this to find a well that i was
1: already standing beside that i had already picked up on the energies of it and this was where again sometimes you need somebody else to reiterate now this is many years ago and i again you're a lot
0: more confident now anyway <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, use it so you could see we we're going to have to wrap it up mm. well, i'm thinking divination tools is validation is fabulous yeah yeah you have a hunch you have you know and then formulate the correct question and as i say this all the time you can't go when you're needing something and expect a relationship to develop you have to have the relationship already so you've been working with the tool for a certain amount of, ta- of time you have a relationship you have a connection and then you need them and then they're there Instead of coming to something with need. But it's the same with a the therapist, I think. You know, people go to therapists or healers when they're in need, instead of having been and connected with one just in case they might need one. And I think it might be a good way, a good way to live is to say, okay, well, who's my support team when I don't need it and get them all established so that when I do need it, they're already there and they know me.
1: Oh, well, I do that with some of my clients. I ask them, right, who's your team? Who's on team X? Yeah. They look look at me and they say, what is it? Who's your support network? And some of them have developed really good support networks as a result of it. But it is something that, you know, it's another aspect of it. But you see, that's the beauty. We can talk about anything till the cows come home, as they say
0: here. I know. I'm thinking, well, 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 we covered a lot on Divination. I'm pretty sure there's a lot more that we didn't cover. We've told some really funny stories and disclose some things about ourselves that maybe people didn't know. And um, just maybe to to end, here's something, I'll end with something and you end with something, just to kind of wrap it up for people who might be thinking about starting divination what might be nice to do is to start gently and get a nice pack of angel cards. And then you can just sit there. Now, if you're working with cards, you do need the relationship with the card. So you don't just open a pack and do a reading. You open a pack and you hold the cards and then you look at each card and connect with each card and shuffle them and sit with them. And then a good question to ask is which angel is walking with me today? Mm. And then make the relationship with the angel as opposed to making the relationship with the card of the angel, could be really good because then if you if you feel like Metatron is walking with you or Raphael or or, or Gabriel, you know then you can talk to them and um, have a chat with them and then feel a yes or a no, and then you go, oh, I'm not sure about that, but did I read it correctly? and then go to the cards and and see if you read it correctly and And that's just something nice that you could do to try to start.
1: Exactly. And you could do the very same. With uh, something Celtic, if you identify, you know, the Celtic or the Druidic side, there's uh, tree oracles, there's natural oracles. And, you know, like, what energies am I working with? What energy do I need to help me today? What energy do I need to call on? Do I need to call on the energy of the Rome, the oak, the apple? You know, there's all these trees. Um, And again, it's working with whatever you identify with, whatever... Whatever inspires you, whatever calls you.
0: I mean, there's not the, st- the saying of A Course in Miracles. If you knew who walked with you on the path, then you'd never be feeling lonely. And to get these tools to help you learn who's walking with you in light, because we, you know, we're limited in what we can see and hear and tell uh, 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 and know. and um, So they can maybe expand your knowing a little bit. And the questions doesn't always have to be, does he love me? Or, you know, <laughs> oh, what, what? when's a good day for this? Or, you know, it could be, what energy do I need to support me today? Yeah. What You know, and, and, and that's a really good, really nice question. So so are okay. we good? Do you think we've covered it? Is there anything you think we haven't talked about that needs to be said? There is,
1: but that can be, that can go in another one. We, you see, that's the thing. When we sit down and start chatting, it goes off in tangents.
0: pretty <laughs> well. You know, just be careful out there, guys, with your tools, divination
1: yes Uh, look after them you look after them and they look after you
0: absolutely well on that note we will see you in the next episode so thank you very much for tuning in and if you like it please do give us a review um, so that more people will find us Um, and send us an email
1: exactly or let us know if there's anything particular you'd like covered or if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer or discuss or argue over
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or if you just want us to tell jokes for a whole episode, because I know some of you have written in and said you really like it when we when we're laughing and and having a good banter, so we could do that too and be not serious. Ooh. Or can we? Can we just have a laugh? <laughs> I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could.
1: Oh well, you, do you know what? We'll bring on another guest because that uh, that'll change the uh, that'll change the vibe. Okay. it up a bit All right. thank you very much for listening thus far I look forward to meeting you on the airwave somewhere soon
0: Bye. Slown. bye bye if there's anything in this podcast that triggered you upset you or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show please write to us the email is Healing for Healers podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.